Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I'm Chuck. Today's episode is brought to you by Lower Gentry Studios. Mark your calendars for December 17th, 6 p.m., the Linen Building, Boise Downtown. There's going to be an event called End the Stigma. It's a fundraiser for the Idaho Parents Unlimited, and you'll be able to catch the first episode of Canyon County, Lower Gentry's web series, at that event. So join us. Today, I talked to Lee Vanderbow. Lee Vanderbow loves cinema. He's a great camera operator and a director as well. We talk about his short films and a lot of other topics, including undergarments. Enjoy. All the lights are red, which means this is on the record. Welcome, Lee. I feel like I'm being interrogated. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I feel like it's like a deposition. Um, I, I don't have any deposition like questions. Maybe I do. What's the best Christmas gift you've ever received? Ever? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. You know, best is is subjective. I mean, there's well, best because, you know, I really needed something like a utilitarian purpose and someone got it. You know, then there's the, oh, my gosh, this was the most amazing toy I've ever seen in my life. And I was four years old or five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. It was a black truck, semi-truck toy. Oh. I remember seeing that. At, was it at, remote control? No, just a, just a little. I wasn't very old, you know. So I mean, oh. this is, And I'm an old person. So <laughs> you start doing the math on that, which I know you said no math, but. Uh, <laughs> we can do some math. Okay, yeah. Just well, be let's, just say, let's say we're talking more than four or five years ago. How about that? Uh, yeah, I was probably four or five at the time. I saw a, a toy truck at a toy store, some off-brand, some something, something. You know, a little guy. You pulled the little thing up and put the guy in there. Just like a semi. Oh. It wasn't a Tonka truck. It wasn't a brand name. I just well, aren't saw your it. parents happy then? Uh, that's all I wanted kid. that year. That was my Red Rider BB gun. And I remember uh, talking to Santa Claus, several versions of Santa Claus. Uh, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. And I, and I got that. So that was that was pretty awesome. I, I'm sure there's other ones too. That's just off the top of my head. Nice. Yeah. Well, that you have a you think about things deeply. And so on my phone, I have some questions from the abyss that you just re- you made me realize that I should ask you some of these questions about because the movie The Abyss. No, so the the uh, my friend uh, Wes Grover, he was actually in uh, in Brown Truck, and he played the the dude that owned the house. And he he he's uh, okay. he's he deeply he's capable of deeply thinking about basically anything. And so he he came up with some questions when he came on my podcast. Okay, and he uh, he then gave them to me so that I would have them. Um, and I wasn't expecting to be asked a whole bunch of questions, but he was ready to. So he to, turned it around and yeah. was asking you the questions. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, well, I'm not that clever. I oh, promise. Well, here here's one for you. When shopping for socks, what do you look for? When shopping for socks, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think the last time I ever bought a pair of socks was. Those are, again, speaking of Christmas, that's the thing that tends to show up is socks. <laughs> I believe that I bought- Did you know that, kind of go off on a uh, tangent a little bit, did uh-huh. you know that uh, at the homeless shelters, the most difficult item to come along uh, to get for, for homeless men are socks and underwear? Because we men hold on to our socks and oh, underwear yeah. until like basically they disintegrate. Let me tell you something. Anyone that says that I have a issue with commitment has not seen my underwear drawer. <laughs> I have underwear that are older than most people. I mean, at a certain point, they just become like an elastic belt, but you do not get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got underwear from probably college. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
I'm the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, all guys. I don't. I don't think yeah. if there's a guy out there that's switching around their underwear like every couple of years, they're lying. Or they're in the CIA trying to. Yeah, it's <laughs> like some sort of they're changing their identity because that's just. Yeah, you don't think about it. No. So same thing with uh, same thing with socks. I. I think I threw a couple away because it wasn't just little holes, but at a certain point, you're just wearing like a calf warmer because yeah. your whole ankle is just completely out it's of it. A, like the heel hole is completely okay. If there's a hole in the heel on your sock, you just keep wearing that thing. Yeah. And to me, it's like if if a toe other than my big toe starts to protrude and I can feel it, like my second toe or my third toe, like if that sock is like wedging its way around there and it feels like I have a toe ring on, that's a feeling that I don't like. Yeah, well, I, usually I try to like if it's a hole in the ball of the foot or the the heel of the foot, you just look, you just keep going. That sock has been there for me in times good and times <laughs> bad. What kind of a person would I be to turn my back on it just because it's gotten older? I mean, what kind of a disposable society have we become? Really, until they become like an ankle bracelet that just slides onto your calf, mm-hmm. they, there's still some utilitarian just keep value. It. Keep it. I'm this is my undershirt, so I, I was. Uh, changing at, at work because I, I wear a uh, a costume we have a like a uh, a mascot and so I am deemed like, like the the school mascot the school mascot okay. like, I just didn't know if this was a thing that you do like hey t- <laughs> the mascot for Wednesday is a unicorn yeah no I uh, no it's it's something <laughs> I I like mascots and so I keep some mascot costumes I collect collect them i like to go out in public every once in a while no uh so i had like this undershirt on i was wearing an undershirt underneath my dress shirt and so i was changing into this but i'm like oh, i don't need to like go somewhere because like i keep my slacks on and i just pop off and like my undershirt had so many holes in it that it was like embarrassing you know i'm like oops I, maybe i should have just don't be embarrassed be proud i guess those are badges of honor that just shows how dedicated you are to the relationship you have with your shirt reduce reuse yeah. and recycle yeah. Why buy new shirts? So, do, is there something that you look for in socks when you purchase them? Uh, probably as long as they're roughly the right size. <laughs> and honestly, so you I've, don't think deeply about socks. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I honestly, I think I bought a pair of socks, or not a, a pair, but a um, a pack. Mm-hmm. This is me thinking of what what a <laughs> word is. Is I, I do the Matthew McConaughey driving a Lincoln thing. <laughs> um, I bought a pack of socks. I can't remember how long ago, about uh, six, seven months ago. A couple decades. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just like those ankle socks. And they were just, I just buy the cheapest ones I could find. Um, Just like little cheap white ones, Walmart brand, I think. I have bought warm socks, you know, like. uh, Those are important. Right. So, you know, going to a football game or just being outside, it's going to be cold. Um, I have gone in shopping for socks with the specific purpose of finding warm socks so i don't know if that, i think that counts if that fulfills the criteria a, i think then, that's a good answer yeah um it, warmth but, factor right for specific utility for specific, yeah exactly it's a utilitarian it's utilitarian service and by the way i still have those socks i don't know <laughs> if they have holes or not but it won't matter because they're staying with me <laughs> should we talk about some film stuff Sure. I don't know. I'm getting kind of excited about socks, though. <laughs> I know. All this undergarment talk is getting me excited, too. Uh, <laughs> they should make lingerie magazines, but just socks. Not weird, sexy socks, but like just legit. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you got a Victoria's Secret magazine at your house and it was just, you know, one, one of those models just wearing like some tube socks? Like, there you go. 
Look at socks. <laughs> that might be a new fashion it uh, could be. statement. It could be. That'll be our thing. You go into the sock business. Have have models walking on runways, just walking around in socks. <laughs> that would be just as tricky as heels, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's depending on that's how well true, the floor yeah. is waxed. It's like the a, runway. It's like ice skating. Yeah, like a sock hop. <laughs> oh, we can talk about film stuff though, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, um, what? Uh, what are some projects that people should uh, that you're proud of that you've done? That just so it's just so everybody knows you you are a director. You write with Christy, and what what else do you do? What other hats do you wear when uh, you're putting together projects? Well, it kind of depends. Um, Christy's much more of a big world person. She sees. Big picture, oh, big picture, very, yeah. uh, very uh, well. Maybe, maybe big picture is the wrong. Big scale How about okay. that. So when when she writes, she's writing for stuff that could be on like a theater, you know, yeah. uh, or that you would see, you know, distribute big scale stuff. You mm-hmm. know, I mean that's, and she's incredible at it. She, I mean, that's what she's thinking. So when she's thinking of stuff, she's thinking of how do I make the best whatever it may be how do i make this the best how do you know i i want this to be you know, no limits no what what would you know none of the logistics and i'm on the opposite side because i tend to write for what i think i can make mm-hmm. um where she's a true diet in the wool writer you know yeah. she's i'm going to write the best story i'm going to write the best characters i'm going to write the best if the scene says that they should be in outer space then that's the most important you know yeah. as you know as a writer that's not really your job to figure out how they're going to actually be in outer space. You know, that's whoever ends up with it down the road. Uh, so she has this much bigger scale. Uh, and that's probably why her writing is always so much better than mine, too. You know, whereas I always kind of think about, okay, well, I'm going to be making this. So I can't do outer space, but I can do um, like a living room closet. So instead of having <laughs> the astronauts, you know, flying around in outer space, you know, what What if they ended up and Mars looked like a coat rack? There we go. You know, and then we don't have to ADR anything because the sound inside the closet's really. Oh, good. I don't ever use source sound anyway. I'm, oh yeah, that's I, right. Uh, yeah, I always. People either love it or hate it, but I'm always just talking because I, you know, run my kind of like you. I run my own gear, you know, run my own cameras and stuff. So, um, almost every time I shoot something that's not job related, you know, my job is is you know at, at a TV place, but uh, for myself. I'm always talking through the camera. I'm like directing people as huh. as we're going. So most of the time, I get around that by not writing any dialogue. Do you do your own sound? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, most okay. of the time. Well, um, it kind of depends on what you mean by sound. Do you do your own sound design? Sound design, or I mean, sometimes you have. Do you have like a library of sounds that you use then, or just yeah. so be, in case people aren't aware? Yeah. In case the the, the dozens of you that are watching. Um, when you film something, um, either you use live audio um, because the environment isn't too loud and you can hear the actors and, and the DBs that they project out of their their mouths is higher than the, you the basic DBs. DBs. Dropping some decibels uh, on yeah. us. So, so they need to be louder than the background sound by a certain amount. Otherwise, you can't use the audio. But you and to me, like not being able to use live audio is just like asking for just like an enormous amount of pain <laughs> later on because people don't uh, – If when you 
put to, together a production and there's no live sound on it, then you are basically inserting footsteps. I was talking to Christy about this mm-hmm. before. Like I've I've spent probably twenty to thirty hours of my life just like Putting inserting footsteps, inserting footsteps into those silent scenes. So yeah, um, if it's if if a if a scene is shot and it's silent, that's a quick thing that I learned is you don't realize how many noises are happening mm-hmm. and you have to put those in. Otherwise, it seems like it's almost like that uh, that uh, valley that they they talk about uh, where where uh, the eerie valley. If it was, if something like looks too much like a human, but it isn't a human, like that robotic thing, like it looks kind of like something like a little bit off. Huh. Uncanny Valley. Are you familiar with that concept uh-uh. at all? No, no, no. So like with robots, it's like robots are like cute to a certain point, but when they get too human-like and they're not human, like people get like creeped out oh, by really? it. Oh, really? I feel that way with about sound. It's like if you get it really close, but it's not quite right, you're just kind of like watching it like, what the heck is wrong with this? You're right, like, yeah. Oh, you need to have like some dials clicking or like the pan needs to be frying at a certain Isn't, volume. It's crazy how much sound we're constantly hearing. Mm-hmm. Even just sitting in a quiet room until you take it all away. Yeah, the, there's so much that's that's there. Yeah, we um, when we make our little short movies, I do it all, no no audio. Now some of those little contest things, and I certainly don't have time for that. So yeah, uh, but when we're kind of we're doing our little jump scare movies, yeah, it's it's all. It's all uh, sans audio. I think there's a word for it. I've never known a, a, a fancy word. When what is it like? Well, it, ADR and then Foley. Well, no, no, no. I mean, when you when you're shooting something but without sound. Oh, there's a there's a term for that. I think so. But I shoot with the sound though, because I kind of have the references to when things are. Mm. So if you were to ever see one of my, you know, my first rough, what do you call it, like a rough cut or something, where my audio's still in there, yeah, you get to hear me talking and over and, the top of yeah, everything. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. But um, yeah, no, I mean, footsteps are huge. Even little things like just little like a like a like a sound floor, just to give it some thing you know i mean obviously you don't want for example an air conditioner or refrigerator to be distracting Mm because when you go and you record something in your kitchen the refrigerator is like oh my gosh this thing sounds like a freight train right yeah but then you go back and you you know you take all the audio out and even see it see in my case i don't write a lot of dialogue on purpose so i don't have to adr (laughs) stuff in fact most of the jump scares i don't think in any of our jump scares, the two the two films yeah. that I saw of yours at, at uh, sandwiches, uh, those are uh, those were both. There weren't any dialogue. Yeah, and that, it was that creepy one with the the blanket. That was so cool. Oh, how'd thanks. You, man. How'd you pull that off? Uh, you mean the how? Black, I... Can you give away these secrets? It's just masking. Yeah. Um, okay. So 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 in this one, Christy plays somebody that's that's uh, scared, and this this uh, demon comes out in in like the sheet. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, uh, you're, you're pretty close. It was. She was just making the bed. It was real quick. Yeah, about two minutes, give or take. She throws mm-hmm. a sheet. I mean, it, it repeats itself several times, and there's kind of a, a, a you know punchline at the end. But the gag itself, I think that you're talking about, is when she throws the sheet over mm-hmm. nothing, but as the sheet lands, it lands over the shape of a person who yeah. wasn't there before. Yeah, and that was. Um, it was a pretty simple concept, but it was. Like, Did you just layer the video up twice, or? right? Yeah. Okay, so split, I split it. So I, uh, yeah, and then I masked that as it as the sheet came down, and it was simple in concept, but it was hours of rotoscoping that sheet to make it, you know, because you got motion blur on it, and it just happened to be a white sheet. Yeah. You know, and there's motion blur along the edges, and I was shooting at 24 frames a second. If I would have been smarter, I just would have gone the fastest. You know, frame rate possible, and then to, export and it, and then yeah, just add a little motion blur on that. Uh, because the other things I I had to do, 
which was a good learning lesson for me, is no matter how careful I thought I was being about where shadows fell, there were still shadows. So, for example, when oh, there's a okay. shadow, what what happened is 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 I, uh, you know, in the simplest terms, I camera's on a tripod, mm-hmm. uh, which is unusual for me. But in this case, it made sense because it'd be impossible otherwise. And yeah. I just shot, you know, a minute or so of just the bed. Yeah. And then we had uh, a friend of ours who had come over to help make this. Um, her name's Stephanie. Awesome gal. And it just so happened that she's um, short enough to where when she sat on the bed, because I was originally going to do it. We are just going to do it ourselves. And mm-hmm. I was going to sit there. But, you know, we're on top of a bed and, and Christy is much shorter than me. So then I'm on the bed and I was, we were trying to figure out how that was going to work. <laughs> Mechanically, it was an issue to yeah, throw a sheet over the top of Yeah, there was some logistics. So thankfully, uh, she showed up. And thankfully for a lot of reasons too. She, she's awesome. Um, yeah, so as as the, so we had one shot, which is no one there, not even Christy. I just used that as kind of like a plate shot, right? Mm-hmm. Then I had, I had Christy go through all of her motions with this gal, Stephanie, sitting on the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when... The ghost wasn't supposed to be there. See, I would just, you know, cut that out. And then underneath it would be the, that plate shot of just just nothing. nothing. Uh, But what I didn't expect, or or I expected it, but I wasn't as careful as I thought I was being because in, there would be Stephanie's shadow, for example. Oh, the ghost shadow. On, on the, where Christy is. So then I had to go in and cut all that stuff out. And I was also, I had the, the, Fortunately, I was smart enough at the time in the moment to have Christy go through the motions also without anyone on the bed, even though I knew it wouldn't actually land. But had I not have done that, uh, I also didn't have enough stuff to, to – I had to build a bunch of shadows on the bed, is, I guess is what I'm saying. So mm. the actual masking part of the sheet itself was a pain, but literally creating shadows out of you know black solids and mapping them and keyframing them and animating them was – yeah, it for it was like two minutes long, and mm-hmm. I swear I should have made that thing fifty minutes because the amount of work that went into those two minutes was, yeah. Next time I'm just going to have two people talking like this, and it's <laughs> uh, it, with the refrigerator in the background to make the sound. There it is. I totally went off. Is would that kind of answer your question a little bit in terms yes, of how I did how, that? How okay. you execute? No, I get well, it. Yeah, is, I just, is this online? Is that video online or it is? Other ones? I believe it is. Yeah, okay, it's, uh, just so in, in case people want to reference it. Oh sure, yeah. All of our dozens and dozens of listeners and viewers. So it, Vimeo or YouTube or what? Do you have a channel? I think it's on both. Yeah, if you look up Lee Vanderbo um, on Vimeo or YouTube, I think they're both. I think that's the channel name on both of them. And then the name of that short you're talking about is called Deadbed. Deadbed, okay. And the thumbnail, I believe, is... I can't remember what the thumbnail looks like. It's called Deadbed. I, there's more than one Deadbed, though. So oh, okay. Deadbed, leave Anderbo. That should get people in the right direction. And yeah. then what about the one that you just showed at uh, the the sandwiches? Is that online or is that... It is, actually. That one's online okay. as well. And I believe that's on YouTube and Vimeo as well. So if you okay. find Deadbed, it'll be in the same the same channel. And that one's called Hinsdale. And and that one had a cool effect where you had uh, uh, like basically footsteps, monst- monstrosity foots or handprints, handprints on the on the walls, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it, it's spooky. But it, they just kind of come out of nowhere, and I can imagine how you how you executed that one. But it was still looked, it, it was it was very eerie. Thank you, thank yeah, you very it was, much. It was very eerie. Is that kind of a, do you do a lot of that stuff? You and Christy? I mean, those are the two things that I've seen of yours. You know, we've kind of, uh, that's pretty much, those are about the only two we've really done. I mean, we've talked about 
ideas for other ones, and we've heck, I've even once in a while I'll just grab a camera and come up, but but it's never really been any. Those are about the only two like formally. Hey, we made a movie, oh, like, okay. like a completed thing, like a specific built purpose to actually you know show people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, th- those are the only two. Now we've got about a million ideas for other ones to do, but we just haven't really. It's a lot of work. Oh, it was a ton of work. You know, the that dead, like I said, dead bed, we came up with the idea on, I want to say like a Friday, for example, Friday evening. Um, we reached out um, to a couple of friends to see if they wanted to come over and, and, and help out. And uh, it was uh, John Wee, Liam Tain, and uh, Stephanie Cullen. Um, at the time, I didn't know Liam or Stephanie very well. Mm-hmm. I just reached out to John because uh, he knows a lot, and I was like, "Well, hey, this yeah. would be an opportunity to you know to learn from him." And he goes, "Hey, that's that's great. I've been hanging out with you know Stephanie and Liam, who I knew as acquaintances, but mm-hmm. but didn't really know him that well." So they all came over, and we shot that like in the course of an afternoon, a couple hours, maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then it was. Like I said, it was infinity post production. Right, yeah, and and a lot of that's probably. I would I would be much better if I probably had a schedule, you know, like it, it, from the very beginning to say, mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do. We got this written. We're going to shoot it on day one or whatever. But by day January third or whatever, it has to be you know out the door. I never do that because there's no real pressure. Yeah. So it's kind of all dilly with a little bit there. Then I'll come back to it after a couple of days. And then at that point, I'm like, what did I do last time? This is stupid. I better start over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I've been I've been there with some of the smaller... We're pushing ourselves. So we just finished shooting a web series in, in uh, August, I want to say. It was when we wrapped. It might have been end of, end of July. Uh-huh. And so we've been like just busting to get that that stuff edited it's oh, still it still ended up being a lot more and how work. how long is the uh is the it's a it's an episodic i know that episodic much. so it's nine episodes um anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes per episode so i think it's oh. like 90 some minutes the entire thing and we get the first like 10 minutes like finished so i mean i can show you that when we're, we're finished oh if i'd you love want, to see it yeah i want to see that love first to see episode it. it turned out it turned out pretty well obviously it's like a learning curve with this film stuff because the so that sound thing um that was the first lesson i learned on our first feature film as far as like background noise because we had recorded most of our sound live even though the microphone was like really crappy uh-huh. on the camera that we used it was just like whatever um i just tried to like fix it as much as i could on on uh, i was using audacity at the time which is like a free uh, yeah free sound editing I think, program i think anyone who's ever been a do it yourself movie maker no that's that's like the yeah. uh yeah that's that's like that's like everyone's uncle. Like everyone knows Audacity. Yeah, Audacity even if they don't the... want to admit uh, that they have it. Because... And Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> <laughs> I never use that one. Oh yeah, but uh, but yeah, Audacity. I think that's uh, that's standard. Our that's... first our first camera that we were using was a uh, an old uh, DV uh, camera, and we had to actually pull a computer out of storage because it had like this old super old version of like firewire connector uh-huh. and it was the only way to get the dv yeah. off into the computer because i'm like i can't get a usb adapter for this it only sent it over in like uh, 240 lines of resolution instead of the 480 and, oh, it's, and then it looked really weird. awful yeah. and uh so anyway so so uh the sound the sound or the the noise in the background so 
uh, we had a high quality. Uh, somebody ran, uh, our friend Jeremy ran sound for us, and he had a high quality microphone, mm-hmm. um, that a boom mic and like a Zoom recorder, and we're like, oh sweet. In the meantime, we're shooting yeah. on a soccer mom camera. Right, it's like an, right. It's like a Canon, like two hundred dollar, whatever, and uh, so we have like this really high quality. Uh, environmental sound uh, for this and we're like oh sweet and so I go in there and I'm like wow with the sound remover tool I can just like get it out like there's no there's no noise at all and so I cut all the sound out of it uh, all the background sound out of it and yeah. then and then had the dialogue just like super crystal clear um, and then when we watched it it was really weird it's too clinical isn't it yeah it's like it's like it, it was it was like uh, because it, there was very little echo on the on the or reverb on the voice anyway it, it, it's just that dead sound in the background it just it was like it was like it made the movie feel slow yeah. and then to fix it all I needed to do was just Insert room noise. Isn't that, yeah. It's so It's so so funny how, um, you you know, technology pushes stuff to be so clinically good. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's the word to use. Because you see that with cameras, too. You know, hey, this camera's got 78 stops of dynamic range, and it does this perfect and that perfect, and it's it's 100% sharp or whatever these terms are and then you watch it and you're like this feels like this doesn't even feel like a movie yeah some, you know, some of those i've seen some of those films too where you where you watch it and it's it's like 4k and then like 60 frames a second and it gets that soap opera effect right and it feels weird because it's it's almost too real and uh uh, uh, uh amanda carroll do you know amanda carroll uh-huh. well i know uh, as an acquaintance i don't know her that well yeah but, so yeah. she was nice enough to uh to uh, give my my bro and I a quick tutorial on on uh, she like we bought her a bunch of tacos and then brought them over to her place and we're like hey. we're trying to we're trying to match all this footage we're, we're terrible at color grading um, uh-huh. it, you know it's just it's it's just one of those things that one of those battles that we've been been fighting and so um, finally we 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 lit uh, uh, we we learned some lighting techniques from from our friend Johnny V and then we're like okay we'll we can then do this in post and so she she sat down with us and and uh, gave us like all these pointers and and it's kind of like you want it to look not very real and that's what people eh. like the better the quality the weirder it is. It, it, it's kind of like what you're just saying about the robot valley or whatever that was. Uncanny, uncanny valley. Yeah, you know, bringing that all back around. I, I, um, and she, she was arguing that it's stupid that Netflix has a, uh, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but uh, I think this was basically what she was saying that 4K, like it needs to be on 4K and it needs to like follow I'm using these that. I want to call her and say that's a direct quote. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, I disagree with you. No, don't call her. Just put a post on her wall on Facebook because that's the best that's way to handle things. That's how we communicate. Things. This is like 2018, almost 2019. Yeah. People just... don't actually talk anymore. In fact, no. we're not even in the same room. This no. is a this is a Facebook post just kind of split down the middle. There, yeah. People wouldn't know. We just both like to decorate very similarly. Yes. In our spare rooms. Uh, so, but but she was complaining about the uh, the fact that like 4K is is the new standard, and she's she says that she would prefer to shoot in 1080p all the time mm-hmm. because it's better on the actors mm-hmm. because it doesn't look so bizarre and you can't tell that they're wearing makeup. And then she said it's that's just what people prefer to see in the theater. Which I think there was a there was a uh, a story about uh, 
um, uh, the Hobbit, um, guy that directed the Hobbit, uh, Jackson, Jackson. Yeah. yeah. He, he shot that in like 60 frames a second and like, you know, like, all, and then yeah. he said, he said that he had to get rid of all of it and he just had to export it at 24 frames per second. Cause it just looks, it looks weird. If you don't get that motion blur, it looks weird. It's, uh, you know, we've like, like I was just saying about this whole clinicalness, you know, we technology pushes to make things so spot on clean you yeah. know how do you graph a curve to you know adapt your curve so it exactly is whatever with no noise and with that you know audio video you name it but i think that um a lot of the characteristics of something almost the humanness if you want to use that word to go back to the robot valley is is the imperfection yeah you know and i think of singers or musicians, you know, my, oh, my background yeah. is in, you know, before I did any of this stuff, I was a, you know, a hack musician for oh, a while. Who do you play? Oh, uh, whatever you need me to play. I'll, oh, cool. I'll, I won't play it well, but I'll play it. So I, I'm yeah. the same. Yeah. I can't I, sing though. So yeah. don't ask me to sing. Uh, uh, right, right on the same page with you there. It's okay. like, I, I learned, I play guitar pretty well, but like everything else I'm like, oh, I want to play this. I want to play that. And it's like, ah, I can just, yeah, just pick it up. Yeah. yeah figure it out. Mediocre. Yeah. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none, I <laughs> suppose. But. One of the things that I was noticing, and, and I think this is where I, I struggle with a lot of, I don't want to say modern musicians, because I think musicians are very, they've always been talented. Musicians are just mm -hmm. a cool group of folks, bizarre in their own way. But with, the, uh, with a lot of emphasis now on shows, and I don't watch them, so I'm just using a broad statement. Okay. But, you know, these game shows where, you know, come on and be a singer and oh, yeah, you yeah. win and idols and those kind of things. There's so much emphasis on how good you are. And sometimes I watch those and I think about, you know, the most iconic voices ever, you yeah. know, at least, at least in our last hundred years, would they have even made it past the first round of some That's, of these shows. Oh, man. Those, the singing thing. So the th singing thing to me is I cannot stand it when somebody sings and they sound like they're on a in a musical. Like if you go see musical theater, you need oh, to be able to- you're going to get me started on a whole other tangent yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. If you go see musical theater, it makes sense that they sing clearly and you can understand the words coming out of their mouth right. because it's it needs to be- you know, pure tone, and it's not necessarily a. It's about the song, but it's not about the singer. And they get lots of different people to play the different parts to do the musical, and you have to be able to get it across. Um, but you know, any day of the week, I'd rather listen to like, uh, um, you know, Radiohead. Uh, what, what's his name? Um, gosh darn it! From Radiohead. Honestly, I don't know much about Radiohead. Okay. So, but, but he's, he's, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah. very unique voice. Um, yeah, you don't you don't listen to to people. You want to be able to tell what their voice is, right? I mean, even if you look at Bob Dylan, like great he can't, example, yeah. yeah, he can't he can't necessarily hit the notes very well. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and I really honestly don't know that much about Bob Dylan as a musician. I, I mean, I know obviously some of the popular songs, but I'm not mm -hmm. a, a you know die in the wool Bob Dylan fan. What, what do you listen to? Gosh, I'll listen to pretty much anything. In fact, uh, I was actually just remarking to my brother the other day about how much. Um, he, he, Here's a random thing. I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of any group. I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of any singer, I suppose. But hip hop, like I'm like, 
a balding 40-year-old white dude who's like, this is freaking awesome music. There's just something unique about it that- um, Did you just start listening to it? No, I, yeah, I've always enjoyed it, you okay. know, but it's been just, I would say, in the last year or two where I've actually gotten- it's more than just a, oh, what's on this station as I pass through them. It's oh. actually like, oh, let's let's see what's on there. Let's see what's new. And um, and I think, again, part of the reason that I enjoy it is because there's so many new things that kind of come into that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think in a lot of, I mean, I grew up listening to rock music. I played rock music. I mean, that was mm-hmm. my, my thing. And in a lot of ways, I feel it's kind of right now, it's kind of painted itself into a corner. Yeah. You know, there's really nothing really that new coming out because mm-hmm. my brother explained this the best way. So I'm giving him credit for this argument, even though I'll probably butcher it, kind of like the way you did earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying you butchered it, but you know, I <laughs> yeah. just, it's like a, a, a sort of quote. But mm-hmm. my brother, who's a professional musician, writes music for TV shows and movies and, and all these kind of things. We were talking about this and he actually agreed with me. And because we're both, I mean, we had long hair in college, you know, we were ripping through big, yeah, gigantic, you know, stacks of guitar amps and you name it. And, yeah. and, uh, I've been to several fish concerts with 40,000 people in attendance. <laughs> See, I've never been into like the jam stuff. Okay. You know, like anytime you're at a show and the guy's like, how much time we got? 30 minutes. All right, guys, this will be our last tune. It's yeah. Like, Is there going to be a, I've been here for two and a half hours and it's still the same song. What's going on? But, uh, that what what he was mentioning was that uh in the rock and roll world you know you hear this term sellout right yeah no one wants to sell out well at the same time whatever that means yeah. uh, you know it's ambiguous yeah, i don't term. think you can do that any longer i don't think there is such a thing as I don't selling even, out and i don't really even know what that means everyone's yeah. got a different definition of that but in the sense it's kind of like painted itself into a corner because mm. if you are a rock and roll musician you're on this really tight rope of you can't just make your last album. You have to be different, right? Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, but if you're too different, then you get accused of selling out. Yeah. So as a result, it just kind of makes this kind of stagnant line. You, as much as, and, and I think that's why you see uh, even like the big metalheads. You know, the guy from, um, oh, why can't I think of, think of the name of that band? Slipknot, uh, Corey. Oh, I, I know Slipknot. I don't he, know the name. The singer, yeah. He started his own kind of other band, and he's got a couple metal songs. But he's also got a bunch of like ballady kind of things. Hmm. I was like, I, I get that, and I get why he had to do it that way versus uh, on on the Slipknot on the Slipknot stuff, you know, because no one was listening to a, a guy singing a melody over a piano line, you know, yeah. when everyone's got crazy masks on and they're beating kegs with iron pipes, you know, it just yeah. doesn't quite match up. I'm getting way off topic, but the point is what he was telling me is that uh, the hip hop scene, rather than discouraging people from selling out, so to speak, is the expectation is that every time a guy or a gal or a group or whatever comes out with a new album, the expectation is that it will be different. Like every album is a reinvention. Oh, you know, um, so it's it's not a matter of like, oh, it's going to sound just like the last one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you people aren't criticizing because they're different they're 
hoping like they're excited about what the Knicks sound is going to be. Yeah. Uh, I know that took huh. us way off topic. No, that, I don't that, even that remember sense. where we ended up. I didn't at, know. But. I didn't realize that that was part of the, that was part of the motivation and that genre because I, like Kendrick Lamar is one of my favorites now. I don't know if you listen to any of his stuff, but uh-uh. uh, well, I might, like I said, I don't know. I don't know anyone's uh-huh. name. I'm getting to that old guy age where it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, start singing me a song and I, I can like hum the melody cause I don't know the words either, yeah. but you know, so I don't know. Sorry, kids. I don't know who your the, the stars are. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar is one of them, and he's amazing. Um, but his his albums are uh, very poetic. Um, but but the uh, the the tones definitely change from one to the next, and each one is just as amazing as the other. But See, and I you, love that. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you recognize his voice. Um, but but the 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 tone, the overall tone, and then the way that the sounds are mixed and things like that, it, it's de- you can definitely tell the difference between each album, which is right. cool. But and, I think that the I think that like uh, you know, I mean, the Beatles did that too. Absolutely, yeah. Beach Boys, you know, mm-hmm. Brian Wilson, Beach, yeah. was constantly. <laughs> we were doing we were doing Brian Wilson. Uh, you made me think of uh, we were just putting before you came over music together for the Canyon County, and I was making a joke. I was trying to irritate my brother because I just had just had <laughs> that's uh, what brothers do, yeah. yeah. Uh, because he's like, oh, we need to we need to add a crescendo here, and I'm like, okay, let me think of something, and I just had it, uh, my keyboard hooked up to my computer uh, onto like a bass drum, and just, <laughs> there's a story about Brian Wilson. I guess he just sat at a piano um, before he composed like one of the songs for uh, a Pet Shop, and he just sat at the piano and just was hitting like middle C for like 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden ripped out this entire song. That doesn't surprise the me. The guy was yeah, the guy bananas. is on a whole other level. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and isn't, you know, on a completely side note, isn't it uh, fascinating, you know, there's really, really creative people. And I, I like to think I'm sort of creative, you know, maybe more so than the average bear. But, I mean, Brian Wilson, that I mean, that's that's like extreme standard deviations away from whatever is yeah. normal. And to think that I, I just I just get a really kick, a good kick out of hearing about people's processes. Yeah. You know, someone creative like that who if that you know, and I've never heard that story before, but that makes total sense because those guys that are on that level, like their brains are just so different than than all of the rest of ours. All we see just, is a dude like repetitively yeah. hitting the piano, but we don't understand what's going on inside yeah. of his brain. And, and then what, all of a sudden out comes yeah, whatever. An, an entire yeah. tune. What is your what is your creative process? What do you do when oh, you're gosh. thinking about stuff? Um yeah. You know, I wish I knew because if I knew what it was, I would do it more often. <laughs> I, I I tend to have this well when it comes to writing anyway. Um I, I if I open up a computer and say I'm gonna write something, mm-hmm. um nothing. Nothing okay. comes out <laughs> at all. I mean maybe some crap here and there, but nothing that's ever really anything interesting and I never really figure out how to use it or where to go with it. It seems like when I write, and I've written a ton of stuff. I mean, I, ha- I haven't, you know, shot a, a, a ton of these, but I've got a whole file, you know, a whole folder of like little short things that are within, oh, nice. you know, like that two to 10 minute range. And it seems like most of the ones that I'm actually the most proud of, um, like uh, of those shorts, you know, I'm not talking about like the feature length ones that uh, Christy and I work on together, but of of those of those short ones, the ones that I tend to be like, hey, that's actually not too bad, are the ones where for whatever reason, either because the internet was down and I was waiting for a site to load, I was like, oh, look, Microsoft Word or whatever, and I just 
my brain just ran and all of a sudden I ended up with something. Yeah. And it's not, you know, perfect on the first pass, but it just kind of just barfed out of me. Yeah. And it, I wasn't trying. It's kind of one of yeah. those things like those moments, it seems like you have to be very cognizant of it if you're not careful. Because I, mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll be I'll be hanging out, like my brother and I and Zoe will be hanging out and we'll, we'll just be chatting and then something pops up and it's like, oh crap, we we need to remember to write this down right. where we, did, we, we didn't used to do that. Um, <laughs> and sometimes we'll just get really upset at ourselves because uh, we'll, we'll all be hanging out. And then, then once the beers start get o- like opening up and it's like, oh yeah, that's great. Like we got to remember to do that. And we don't write it down. Uh-huh. And then it was like the next day it's like, what was that thing that we were thinking of? Oh crap. And it just never comes back. Right, it's yeah. just gone. Um, and I think like the big thing is like being able to be at the, the computer, at least now with smartphones, like you can just make sure that you have your smartphone handy. It's just like taking the time when that does strike to be like, okay, I need to put this down. I, I need this. to put it somewhere that where I don't lose it and then go from there. Well, and I'm sure that's, that's uh, yeah. And again, my, my brain is so weird because I, even if I did something like that, I wouldn't really, it, I have a hard time sitting down with the preconceived notion of what I'm going to do. Oh, really? That, that's what, like, for example, let's say uh, I wanted to write something about, hey, two guys making a podcast and um, mm-hmm. one of them drinks all their water and whatever. Yeah. I would be like, oh, no, no, no. But when I just have a blank page and just I have no idea what I'm going to make, I have no idea what I'm going to write, I have no idea what's going to happen, like that's when it just kind of comes out of you. Comes out, yeah. Fair and uh, And while I'm doing it, like I said earlier, I... I you know, I, I, I try not to get too grandiose. Maybe my, maybe I've got like such a small scale of a brain. It's never an issue, you know? So I don't really write s- scenes about space stations, for example. <laughs> uh, cause just, it, just, I just wanted to know what goes on in this room. Yeah. In this yeah and that's usually it, you know, it's usually, you know, one person going through something it tends to be a lot of comedy because my, that's just, you know, I, I like comedy and just kind of, that kind of comes out of me naturally, whether it's funny or not, I don't know, but at least like the genre, <laughs> you appreciate comedy. it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I crack myself up, you know, that's got to count for something. I'll give myself some rotten tomatoes. Um, but yeah, it just, it, if I have any idea of what I'm going to do, like it just kind of doesn't happen. But when I just start from nothing and have no notion of where I'm going, that tends to be where I actually have a complete story that, you know, usually wraps up in three to seven pages, give or take. But oh, like okay. there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. I'm not even trying. Uh, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just yeah. saying like that's Well, when... sometimes you just have to like crank that stuff out. Otherwise, you yeah. don't have anything. When it, when it comes down to it, like you don't have anything to to fall back on if you need it. Or, or sometimes it'll just come back to you a couple years later and you'll be like, oh, that's... That's yeah, good. like when you see the trailer of it on a on a, you know, at the movie theater, you're like, oh, that was what Damn I was it. working on. I That's forgot what... about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right when we uh, you you've seen Brown Truck, and uh-huh. right right uh, right when we f- finished wrapping it, wrapped filming it, um, the uh, Ex Machina came out. <laughs> Have you ever seen oh, Ex Machina? Really? Uh, no, I haven't, but I know the general. That I didn't realize the timing of it. Yeah, How it was it was really funny because. Uh, because so just in case Brown Truck is ever released and people are paying to see it. Um, I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah. I'm not flipping anyone off. I should make sure that, yeah, um, or making any signs. I'm no, not, no gang signs. Yeah. Um, 
you're unaffiliated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the the Broncos. Oh, that's yeah. your gang. Yeah, I better cover that up so you don't get a like <laughs> copyright infringement. I don't think that's a problem on YouTube. I don't know though. I don't know either. Um, but uh, uh, no, no, I lost my my train of thought. Oh, the ex my like it was it was really weird because they they kind of have that same mind that movie kind of thing, right? Where it's, yeah. where it's uh, first of all, it's the the singularity, the basically like the 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 invention of something more intelligent than ourselves, and then it also has those scenes which we stage these garage scenes where this is where the 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 encounters happen specifically in this location, and it's like in Ex Machina, it like follows that exact almost nearly that exact same paradigm where he like goes into that oh, one really? you, that one have you seen it or? no i haven't oh, i i it's i know really the general awesome. gist of it so now yeah. that you now that you mention that like mm-hmm. i because i i know enough about it to know it's kind of one of those like mind bender yeah. um sort of science fictiony but that's not it's not as reliant on the science fiction as it yeah. is about the mind benderiness of what's real versus what isn't yeah uh so now that you mention that i it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like brown truck which is not as good well, I re- which is like a yeah, huge production exactly. value. Yeah, boy, they really <laughs> dropped the ball, though. They were too much, too much room tone. <laughs> I, it I, wasn't filmed in my house, <laughs> so I didn't like it very much. It would have been like so movies, much better. Yeah. I only like the two movies that were filmed in my house. Yeah, yeah. What did they know? I do remember I was writing something, and I was I was sending it off to a friend of mine to to, to have him kind of look at it, and it wasn't like done. It was just like these ideas I was starting to put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this would have been several years ago about a because I had heard this story about a, a pizza delivery guy who or no, I take it back. Somebody who robbed a bank, but the robber had bombs strapped onto him. And the idea was, is that he wasn't the robber. Someone had kidnapped him and put bombs on oh, him and, and said it's... he had to go rob the bank Ooh. or it was go- the bomb was going to go off, right? That's a good idea. So then he goes and robs the bank and then there was some issue, the bomb went off anyway. And then there's like this back and forth of was he in on it and therefore the bomb going off was a mistake or was he not in on it at all because, you know, you know he's not here to say. Uh, and I That's really a good pyramid scheme too. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Ponzi scheme, right? Yeah. Uh, who you knows? go in, <laughs> you rob the bank with the bomb on your chest and then you pass the bombs <laughs> off to somebody else. Yeah. You give us the money from this bank, then you go ahead, pass it, and then they give you the money. Yeah, it's like Bernie Madoff was yeah. the guy at the top of that whole thing. So I, I, I remember that story. So I wrote a thing. It was a comedy. It was about a, a, a lowly guy who just got, you know, down on his luck, who got screwed over. Or not screwed over, but, you know, kind of that scenario, mm-hmm. but it was a comedy. It was about a guy yeah. who had to do all this stuff. He had a bomb strapped to him. And I remember I, I had written... A, a lot of stuff for it. It wasn't as if I had like a full f- feature length thing put together, but it was getting to be pretty close. You know, I had all these ideas. I had these different scenes written out, send them off to a, 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 a really uh, a, uh, great writer friend of mine, uh, Lance, Lance Thompson, who's just f- fabulous as a writer. So I was sending him stuff and he was kind of giving me some feedback and, and this, that, and everything else. And he sends me a link and he says, Hey, uh, you might want to check this out. And it was a movie called 30 minutes or less. Oh, okay. And I, uh, I can't remember who all was in it, but it was a comedy about, you know, down on these luck kind of teenagers, early 20s guys who, same thing. The guy got kidnapped, bombed, and it was a comedy. Mm-hmm. I was like, took my pages and went, huh. well, that was fun while it lasted. <laughs> Somebody else did exactly yeah, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doggone it. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> uh, that that creative process where both people, you just get a miraculous situation where two people create the exact same thing or very similar ideas, you know. Yeah. There are whatever, seven billion of us on the planet, so it's yeah. bound to happen. What's the saying that uh, 
Not, there's nothing original anymore. Yeah. Something like that. Ah, there never was. Yeah. <laughs> We're just all stealing each other's stuff, <laughs> whether it's consciously or subconsciously. Tarantino even, you know, he'll even say that. He's like, hey, my, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember his exact quote, but it was something along the lines of that. He's like, yeah, I, everything I do is something that I've stole from someone I admire or, mm-hmm. or something that I like. You know, I if I like it, I steal it. I yeah. assimilate it into mm-hmm. the... The borgness that is Quentin Tarantino. As long as you take like little bits and pieces and then plug them in, I think it's that's all you are is like your own amalgam of all these other influences. So. It's like a mosaic. Yeah, exactly. You're just a mosaic of everything you like. That's actually pretty deep. That's as close to math as I'll probably get. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take that. It's though, a matrix. Because I don't want to matrix get, of ideas. Uh, matrix matrices. I don't remember how to do matrices in math either. So that's good. <laughs> if Keanu Reeves isn't there to save me from it, I'm completely lost. Yeah. Um, maybe we sh- maybe we should go back to the film stuff. We keep going off on these other tangents. I've never been known to do that. Oh, that's yeah. good. I'm I'm glad I can get a, a unique uh, perspective on you then. Um, so what, what kind of equipment do you do you film on? And uh, I, I, I'm kind of an equipment person. And okay. I have a feeling that you like to nerd out on equipment you know, as well. Maybe, I, or... I do, but not in the way that most people do. Well, explain that to me. Um, I actually, uh, my, my nerdness isn't so much the what is the best, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, my nerdness is kind of the, okay, I'm going to take what I have. Yeah. And then I will go be that weird science person who will kind of mix and match gray charts and real world little shots here and there to figure out, okay, here's what I have. How can I get the most out of it? Oh, okay. And um and I know we all kind of do that. What's the situation where you've done that? Um, okay, well here here's here's a here's a example is I bought a used first generation black magic camera. Oh, okay. I haven't shot anything with it yet. Oh really? Uh yeah, I've had it for a few months. Um and maybe it's because I haven't shot anything that's why I'm doing this, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, 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 you know, it has, it's a different camera. And most of the stuff I've shot before is either on my old Canon T2i, like both those little short horror oh, things okay. you saw were on that little old Canon that's, you know, nine years old now and vastly inferior in terms of technology and i'm not saying that if you would have shot it with something better like you you can't put it next to like an airy and no. be like oh look i made it look just like that but i take a a little bit of pride knowing that you know some people will come up to me afterwards and say oh what'd you shoot that on and when i say oh it's just a old canon dslr they go oh as if you know yeah what, once they knew that it wasn't you any seem good. to have a pretty good understanding mm-hmm. and this is something that 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 i'm learning still is that you have a pretty good understanding of lighting i'm guessing yes i, I enjoy it yeah, yeah it's, I, it's really cool too. a good understanding is kind of subjective you know i'm sure roger deakins would come in here and be like ah you amateur <laughs> you know <laughs> well it's I, I think that that uh taking time to correctly light a scene is mm-hmm definitely oh, under, yeah. underrated because you can't you, you, like you said earlier you can't just take a an expensive camera and like point it at something and make it look interesting and, right and uh our friend johnny v uh uh helped us out like uh on canyon county um came into one of the houses that we were shooting in and it was he, he like bounced like the light off of the wall and it like changed the color of the room mm-hmm. like ever so slightly and then like put like a drape over the window and you could see it you know, like the difference in the room was like right. visibly different. It's like, now, oh, you... now, now we can just we can film this, and it doesn't necessarily. That step was such a drastic change from 
having the same, you know, uh, the equivalent lighting setup that we had prior mm-hmm. to that with a low end camera versus a high end camera. Like I don't imagine right that that change was the physical change was a bigger difference than yeah the equipment change. I think you hit it right on the right on the money. Is I think there can be. You know, there's extremes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people are so into the gear, and that's what I think. I think that's the trap that even all of us can uh, fall into, which is the like, like you said, the gear. How do we make it clean? What's got the best signal to noise ratio? What's got the best this? Yeah. What's got the best that? And then somewhere along the way, it kind of loses its its humanness, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it loses its humanness because the gear. Although I think that can happen sometimes. I think what happens is we rely so much on the technical that we sometimes forget to be creative in the process, right? Yeah. I mean I mean I mean I've I've watched you guys' stuff and to find out that that you made it on a two hundred dollar Best Buy camcorder with autofocus and everything else is like mind blowing, right? And and, and nice. you know yeah, no, and, and it's incredible because you're using and and you've told me that you do it in black and white because it just the camera just doesn't look that good with some mm-hmm. color, right? And and to me, that's what I think is that that's the nerdness of of what I enjoy is mm-hmm. it's not about like what's the best. It's about here's the tool that I have. And how do I work within our how limitations? How do I how yeah. do yeah? How do I find out where the limits are? You know, both left and right of mm-hmm. of zero. You know, if I go this far left, how far can I take it? If I go this far right, how far can I take it? You know. Um, so, so what you guys have done with, you know, a two hundred dollar camera is absolutely insane, because that's the exact same thing I'm talking. You know, it's a perfect example, which is, hey, here's what we have. Yeah, yeah. Really. Would it be nice to have a eighty thousand dollar Airy or go rent a Panavision and shoot on IMAX film with the yeah. anamorphic? <laughs> yeah, all that stuff would be great. Um, but even they have their limitations. You know, I mean, yeah. everything does. So it's, I think it's the limitations that give something its character. And it's just a matter of finding what those limitations are and discovering them and then figuring out kind of your voice in in that. Because I think really gear is such a subjective thing that it's not always about what's the best. It's about what's the best for you and what's the best for your your style, you know, yeah. your voice if you're a singer, you know, I mean Newman or Neumann or however you pronounce that makes incredible microphones. And yeah. but you know, ask anybody who's worked in a recording studio for any significant amount of time, and they will tell you that some even, some of the best singers don't sound as good as they could on a $8,000 microphone, and they'll put them on a different brand, or they'll put them on sometimes even a cheaper one. I've even heard of big-time studio musicians who have actually sung, sang, whatever the word would be there, into a, uh, I don't know if you're a microphone person, but a, a Sure 57. Oh, okay. I think it is. Yeah, they're like, those are like 80 bucks or like 100 bucks. Yeah, you that's know. What, that's what the the stereotypical like garage band uses as yeah, like well, their I, first microphone. And I, if, I, yeah. if I'm remembering the numbers right, it's been a while. The, SM57? Yeah, the, well, the 58, I think, is the vocal mic, and the 57 is the instrument mic. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, that has the flat, the 57 has the flat Yeah, top. you jam it up mm-hmm. against the snare drum or up against the grill of, an, of, mm-hmm. a, of a guitar guitar amp but uh yeah whoever and i can't remember who the story was but it was some a-list i mean this wasn't like you know making a demo this was like a full polished produced you know top tier album and the singer was actually singing into a, a sure 57 because wow. that's what 
created that was for her because i think it was a gal uh, her particular voice, the way she sang, the anatomy of, of her vocal, whatever it was, that microphone actually did the best job. Enhanced her time. vocals better than, uh, you know, a hundred dollar microphone in that instance was better than an $8,000, you know, studio microphone. Huh. Um, so I think, you know, bringing that back around is, is, um, you know, it's not about the best. It's about what complements your particular style mm -hmm. and I, that's that's how i nerd out on gear is yeah. uh, is i and i enjoy kind of pushing things how far can i do this how far can i do that and that's really why i haven't really shot anything with the black magic camera yet because i haven't really found those limits yet the the new camera thing is always mm -hmm. scary too because we just oh, got yeah. we just got this this one that shoots in 4k that's the one that's on me right yeah the okay. one on you yeah good one then okay. yes exactly I'm just, I'm just kidding and uh we're, we're kind of we're just it's just nerve-wracking because, like, you get used to the the equipment that you have, oh, and yeah. and you learn where the limits are, and then the fear always when you move to new equipment, just because the film stuff is so much work, is like, what if I screw it up? Exactly. And then you're not just wasting your time; you're wasting a whole bunch of other people's time. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll probably do the nice thing is at least that there are three of us, so like Zoe can act, I can run boom. My brother can run the camera, so we can test it out with just like Zoe, just figure out some stuff to, to do so that we're not wasting other people's time. Right. Like the and idea of like, because we, we we picked this up right before we started shooting Canyon County, um, but we took some lighting lessons and stuff like that mm -hmm. prior to that, so that one looks a lot better um, than than visually than than the things that we've done prior. Um, but uh, uh, we thought about like shooting it on this one because it, it has more information in the in the image which is a huge deal as far as post-production is concerned which yeah, i'm sure can, you're aware of you know when you get more information on there just more you can do with it you right can, yeah. you can modify it and then you can make the shots look a, a specific way if you want it and but then we're like oh boy like what what if there's something that we don't understand we don't know yet and we spend an entire day shooting on this and then you know because the way we shoot our stuff is usually weekends and they're really long days it's like saturday and sunday we don't have time on Saturday, except to pull the footage off and maybe check a couple shots to make it look okay, because mm -hmm. we're going right back in on Sunday, so it would possibly be wasting two days before we get it into is. the editing and, process. And a lot of these cameras, if and I'm guessing this is probably the same kind of thing, is you know they kind of have one of those log profiles where it's not it's not what you see is what you get per se. You, mm -hmm. you got all this, it, you know, I mean, not to get too nerdy, you know all the stuff already, but like, it's it's just a different way of capturing that information, that light information, and all mm -hmm. you know everything else. So, what you're seeing um, often isn't what you're getting, and I know there's workarounds around that, but you know, like uh, my little Canon T2i, mm -hmm. just you know, just your standard little Rec 709 or sRGB or whatever color yeah. space just comes with those <laughs> kind of things. So you look on the back and, you know, I mean, I, I learned little tricks in terms of where to kind of put the skin exposures, you know, specifically for Christy since she's mm. in, in almost, well, everything I've ever made pretty yeah. much. Um, you know, little tricks I've learned because you really can't push it. I mean, it's a little 8-bit camera, right? So yeah. if you pull it a little bit, it breaks up. If you push it a little bit, it breaks up. So you have to be pretty spot on. And even with the lighting, I would try to make it everything as close to what I wanted in 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 the camera and then I would kind of like enhance, I mean, it was quite a bit of work. I mean, I'm kind of making it seem like I just kind of went over like I'm on pass, but I would go in there and kind of enhance what I had with different things. But it was like 
98% of the way there oh, okay. in the camera. Yeah. And the same thing with my job camera. You know, I have a job at a TV station, so I've got a, an ENG camera, 1080 interlaced, you know, oh, yeah. and snap zoom lens, which is pretty awesome because I love old grindhouse stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing there too. You know, I mean, it has that standard kind of profile that you see and and i know that if i set my zebras at exact at, at a spot and i you know on on a person with our skin complexion i just look for like the highlights and if once they start getting it's like bam exposed good yeah. to go but yeah the new camera heck i don't know you know I, every time i think i got something i pulled into a computer and it's like oh my gosh this it's looks terrible different yeah yeah that's so it's, it's panicky when yeah. you get a new camera it's exciting uh, but it's like scary at the same time yeah it's like going to summer camp you know, it's all exciting until you get there and realize you don't know anyone. Yeah. And what if you're the smelly kid? You know, the, the one that you always talk about, like, wait a minute, that might be me this year. I don't know anyone oh, here. I hope I didn't just waste a thousand dollars on this setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm excited to see what you guys do. I mean, um, I mean, you guys are you guys are incredible. One of the things I love about you guys, um, specific. Well, I'm, I love a lot of things about you guys. Oh, nice. But when, uh, as it relates to making movies, is that you guys have a voice? Thanks, man. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, um, because it's I, I don't know how to describe it in like an actual technical way. But when I'm watching something that you guys have made, I know it's something that you guys have made. Oh, cool. You know, like it, it, and and I don't think that would change with the newer camera or the best camera or anything because I mean all those things can come and go and you can get better at like at the cinematographiness or the whatever color correcting that you were talking about or color grading but the voice will always be there you know? until we sell out well until yeah until you, until you sell out yeah yeah selling out for more Which money I would love to do no <laughs> write me that check yeah all no, right. thanks man that's a really yeah. nice compliment well we, you we... you deserve it I mean I've I've uh I've seen both of your features well I still haven't watched all of the second ones I'm like I said we had to leave um yeah it's too bad that yeah but I will you, you sent me you sent me the link and yeah, I'm, it's up there I'm actually glad that we're having this conversation because I've been meaning to get to it uh, because I, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed, uh, it was a brown truck, I think was like the, the first the sci-fi, one. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, I really enjoyed where you were going with this one. And I, I think there's something to be said for someone who has like a voice. I mean, take Aerosmith, right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, there we go. There's a good, there's a voice. And would, would he, Tyler, yeah. yeah, would he ever win American Idol? I don't know. But mm-hmm. every album sounds like Aerosmith mm-hmm. from, you know, the first album back in the early seventies, all the way to whatever they put out recently. I mean... The sounds have changed. the The way you record stuff has changed. Their actual style of making music has changed, but it still sounds like Aerosmith. You know, it still sounds like Steven Tyler singing, even though he's gotten older. It's still Steven Tyler. Still sounds like Joe Perry the way he plays guitar. And and Brad Whitford, I believe, is the rhythm guitar player. I'm, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, the sorry, other Brad, guys. if I've messed messed your name up. But there's the voice. You know, you hopefully can... he notices this and writes a negative comment. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> that'll Brad. Be, that'll be the day. You know, <laughs> Yeah, because you could have, you gone from eight channel on tape to now you've mm-hmm. got unlimited essentially channels on Pro Tools digital, and yeah, you've got man. all this, you know, all the stuff that's increased, but it still sounds like air. So that's why I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, your stuff will still be your stuff, even yeah. if the if the latitude, so to speak, gaps get bigger and the technology you guys embrace more like expensive stuff or, or however that works, it'll still be your movies. Like you'll still watch it and go, okay, this one's not in black and white, but it's still them. 
Nice. Know, that's that's like that's kind of what we're hoping for because ideally we want to be able to make some money on the on the creative end of things and not have to go down the uh you know like doing like the commercial production because we we teach and it pays the bills right you yeah. know and we get time off so we can do this stuff and so the the goal is to just kind of like I don't know I, there's got to be a way to do your own thing as long as you can keep cranking out the content which there's there you should know, be you tell me if you figure it out I, let yeah, me I, know yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're trying. We're right. trying real hard. Uh, you know, you and Christy have a good system too with with being able to submit. And I was telling Christy this, uh, being able to submit scripts and and get some get some input in there. And that mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like with that with that method, because it doesn't work. I don't think it works with the filmmaking necessarily. Like it's, I mean, some people go through that film festival circuit and then they get the distribution and whatnot. And it's just like we don't know. We have no idea how that works, and I think sometimes like people want to have yeah. want to have the idea first. Maybe I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna write a script though and start shopping it at those film festivals because we oh, see you guys up. do it, which is which is like super awesome. And then Randy Reese has one too, and you guys like win yeah. money and get like awards, and it's like one just a, another realm. And it's like it'd be kind of fun to sit down and write something that we can't do. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to see if we can keep that same that same tone, and then and not be limited by like, oh, can we? get a set that looks like this yeah somebody house i want to be in outer space for this one yeah yeah exactly yeah no i i can i i know where you're coming from and i that's the part i struggle with like i said however many hours ago we've been talking is is that's kind of the limitation of me is i always kind of work within your work work within yeah 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 exactly and uh and that's one of the the awesome things about christy and there's lots of them. That would, uh, that's just one of them. Is that she can see things on a much, on uh, like, if we were to go hand, uh, totally hypothetical. I'm just using uh, making names up. But hey, Steven Spielberg, here's something you might be interested in. It's probably not going to be about a guy on a park bench in Nampa, <laughs> Idaho, who's having some really kind of funny gaggy things happen, and then he has to go, you know, fix something in the next four minutes in his car that looks exactly like mine. It was written to be a four-door with the black car so it can yeah. blend into, you know. I mean, he's going to be like, what the heck is this, right? Yeah. So she is much better at seeing her her her. The amount of crayons in her box, let's put it that way. Oh, there we she go. She has way more crayons in, in, in her headspace than I do in mine. I'm, I've got like black, white, and then like some <laughs> version of gray. And and then I've got like a couple like colored that I've like chewed on and ate because I thought they were food. And that's pretty much all I've got to work with. She's, she's on a much higher level than I am when it comes to, you know, the scale of of those kind of things. Yeah, right on. That's kind of how I feel when I'm working with my bro is because he, he does like uh, Zoe and I help out, um, but he, he sits down and that writing process is, is so difficult. Um, but like doing that, well, Zoe actually does a lot more than, than I do too. I just, I like to go through and then, and then edit and then like add a few things here and there and then, and then, uh, put my name on the script. Hey, that's, I'm (laughs) pretty convinced that's how a lot of people get their names and credits too. It's like, no, you, you, you see the word the on page 78. That was me. <laughs> I added that. I got a screenwriting title now. <laughs> we're we're already at an hour. Did oh you, my gosh, did man! I am do... so sorry. Oh no! Hey, this has been fun. But I want to. Maybe we should end with one more question. There, from, yeah, from the an, abyss. A, an actual real real question instead um, of me rambling. No, I I like it. I, it's it's <laughs> it's lower pressure for me. It's very fun when it feels natural. You know, sometimes sometimes it's good to have questions. But I like I like this. Um. <laughs> um. You were gifted a giant warehouse. Okay. What do you do with it? 
a giant warehouse. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably turn it into a soundstage and make movies with it. Ah, sweet. Yeah. That was that was actually is that pretty, the right answer? That was a pretty easy one, right? Yeah. I I said I would sell it, but and then and then when he asked me that question, I'm like, I think I, I think I'd just sell it and then take the money. And uh, but but yeah, a, a sound a soundstage. I would just be too worried about the echo. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's actually getting actual sound. You out know, of it. I would love. I mean, obviously, it, it, everyone always says, "Oh, wow, how cool it'd be to make a real Hollywood movie or something." How awesome would it be to be making a multi-million-dollar budgeted movie and then actually be talking through the camera? Like, I always wonder. It's like, yeah, I should probably not do this because <laughs> what what's going to happen when if you know, hopefully at some point in my life, I get the opportunity to go make something on a, on a higher budget level. And I've got, and I also love running my own camera. Like, I don't think I could give that up. I, I enjoy huh. moving it. Like I, 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 I don't really, yeah, it's hard to describe. I, um, in a lot of ways, you know how actors kind of have their own instincts in a scene and you want, most directors anyway would want to encourage them. Like if it was your instinct tell you to do this, then, mm-hmm. then you should follow that. And, and me, what if the camera which I usually have on my, you know, that's why I'm keep doing this here. Oh, uh, yeah, but this parrot, yeah, uh, is as I kind of think, in a sense, like the camera is almost like a character, even though it's not a, it's like a character in a meta character, right? Yeah. So sometimes I don't know what I'm trying to do until I'm in the moment. Yeah. So it'd be really hard. Uh, anyway, long story short, I would love to be running my own camera that in a movie that I'm directing with millions of dollars worth of production value, and. How crazy would it be to be like, all right, okay, now I need you to go over here. I need you to walk over here. Oh, the scary thing just jumped out. Oh, okay. Whew, that was close. You should walk over to the left now. Oh, no, no, okay. Slower, slower, slower. I would probably get kicked out of my own warehouse. <laughs> you know what? I'll probably have to rent a corner of that warehouse to a CrossFit gym just to pay the bills now because now I'm not making any money making movies. CrossFit. Yeah. CrossFit. Primary and then movie making secondary. There we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's a good uh, CrossFit uh, at, from nine to ten in the morning and four. To, yeah, can you imagine that? Okay, uh, grip department. We need to wrap this up. The uh, afternoon session of uh, CrossFit's going to be coming in soon. <laughs> right on. It's, my dream is to still work two jobs, <laughs> where I'm still pursuing my dream part time. <laughs> yeah, or you could just uh, you know a lot of those big camera mechanical things have you know they're so heavy and they have weights as counterbalance maybe you could kind of dual thread it and actually have the crossfit guys do their workout by lifting like Ooh. a jib arm up and down and, and <laughs> rigging things up to a ceiling and stuff hey your film workout <laughs> yeah there you go carry this around <laughs> and then charge them to do it instead yeah. of instead of having to pay for a crew you're like hey you're getting this well uh yeah. now we're coming up with good ideas oh man write this stuff down for sure because this yeah. is ex- this is really a good workout actually when you think about a film set if you're moving a lot of heavy stuff around like this this is not light well like, you never good quality stuff is not light and i don't know how you guys are but when i'm making something especially if it's uh something that goes on for you know all day is i don't eat like mm-hmm. at all and it's not because i'm you know so rushed and that my stomach's growling it's like when i'm in the zone oh like yeah my whole I, I just don't have an appetite like i would much rather keep going so if we're if we're doing something even if it's something i'm not like directing but if i'm just helping and everyone stops to have lunch oftentimes that's when i'll go shoot some b-roll or i'll go shoot something like it's like i can't not, ah. I can't stop and go eat. It's it's really it's really weird. So not only would I be losing weight by not eating, and I would be getting gigantically buff by doing CrossFit with the with the counterweights. 
Um, but I would actually be charging myself money. Mm. And if you don't think about it, that's actually financially sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good answer. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, thanks for coming on, Lee. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And yeah. I, sorry for all the rambling. Oh, My... no, that's beautiful. That's what people tune into. That's what our dozens of fans love to hear. Well, <laughs> just get to know people. That's, I think that's the point of this. Treasure Valley, Treasure Valley people. Here we are. So, Here we are. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely, and, man. Thanks and, for having me. Yeah. It's been a blast. Yeah. We'll chat again soon. Sounds good, man.